Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. Welcome to the Unity Talks podcast. I'm your host, David Cathy, and we have a special guest with us today. We've got another really, really fun one for you. She has a very unique background, as I found out, and I think she has a tremendous amount of knowledge that she is going to share with us today, both for people who are trying to find their career path and for other leaders. Her name is Angie Wallander. Thank you so much for coming to our COP podcast today. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So Angie is the EVP Executive VP and Chief Administrative Officer at ReadyIce. And a few accomplishments so that we can familiarize ourselves <laughs> with Angie today. 22 years at Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. And I thought about listing out all the jobs you've had at Dr. Pepper Snapple Group. And I think that would take the entire allotted time for this podcast. You were everywhere over there in 22 years. And it was a busy time. Yeah. Well, it was awesome to read all of the accomplishments and the number of groups that you led, as well as running the South American Shared Business Center. That's really cool. Now at Ready Ice, she is responsible for HR, payroll, benefits, talent acquisition, training, legal, safety, and risk. So it's almost too many to list under your responsibility. And she also comes from kind of a little bit of a house divided. You and one daughter are SMU Mustangs and husband and the other daughter are UT Longhorns, right? True. Yes. That's awesome. That's awesome. So Angie's from a little town, as we learned, in Warrington, Virginia. Exactly. And as I learned, it was Northern Virginia at the time. Now it's just a suburb of Washington, D.C. And you called it horse country. Yes. Which I had never heard of before. Oh, you've got to go visit. It's a very rural area. When I grew up, it was a very rural town of about 4,500 people. And it was all farm, horse farms. And most people rode horses or ponies, fox hunted, steeplechase. Uh, so it's still, it's still active in that area, but it's grown a lot. Yeah. Did, did you do any of that? I did. I grew up riding and showing. Uh, in Virginia, we ride English uh, hunt okay. seat style here. It's okay. more Western. But I, I did that until I was in college. I feel like we're going to start another podcast about the different styles of writing. <laughs> no, You're no. going to be our first guest. <laughs> Thank you. As well. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's really, really cool. But here's what's so interesting. So she's from Northern Virginia and she ends up going to school at SMU, which I thought was really unique because you don't think of people from Virginia. At least I don't think of people from Virginia going to SMU. How did you find out about SMU? I had a friend who had gone there and looked at it and ended up loving it. Um, never dreamed I would stay in Texas long term. Mm -hmm. uh, I was really a Virginia or I, I actually went to high school in North Carolina. So okay. I thought I would always go back to Virginia or Carolina, but Texas got a hold of me and I met my husband and never left. Yeah, he wasn't going to let you leave the state <laughs> no. of Texas, right? That's right. Usually people try to get here as fast as they can. Yes. You know? Um, so you were a communications major? Yes. And you were an advertising major? I was, yes. And so, and now you've ended up being the chief administrative officer at ReadyEye. So I've got to imagine when you're a little girl growing up in Northern Virginia, horse country, as we learn, um, 
this wasn't part of the plan. You weren't planning on being a no. chief administrative officer. You probably didn't know what that was. I didn't. I didn't until recently. Yeah. Actually. Okay. I, no, I, I had no idea what I wanted to do when I grew up. When I was a, a young girl, I knew I wanted to get my education and uh, I wanted to go into a business where I could learn and grow. Um, but I really didn't know what that was. Um, and I, when I, I graduated from SMU, as you mentioned, and started looking for jobs and was very fortunate to just off the street interview um, at Dr. At the time it was Dr. Pepper 7-Up and um, interviewed and went into an entry-level job at that time within finance, mm -hmm. uh, which didn't make a whole lot of sense with my background, but uh, they, they were willing to take a chance on me and I absolutely loved the company yeah. and ended up growing and doing about 20 different jobs at Dr. Pepper all across different departments. And I, I really began to know a little about a lot I, uh, I delved into different departments and that was that was part of my strategy is I didn't know where I wanted to go long term and I wanted to uh, learn about different areas to see where I best uh, fit overall. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did that and excelled in, in certain areas, knew what I started to define, what I really liked and what I wanted to do. Yeah. And, uh, and really, I, I like to say I grew up at Dr. Pepper because uh, those were really the important years where I was learning what I wanted to do. You were there for 22 years. You certainly did grow up in your professional life and your personal life. Yes. At Dr. Pepper, which was really cool. What did your What did your parents do, Angie? Uh, my father was an engineer. Okay. And had a contracting firm. Ah, so okay. that engineering was not something I was going to pursue yeah, yeah. Uh, for at, at that time. And, uh, and my mother was a homemaker. Okay, very good. Yeah, contracting firm in D.C. Go in, figure. In, yes, Northern right? Virginia. Northern yes. Virginia, D.C. Yes. I mean, there's a lot of them out there. there so are. I'm sure competition is fierce. So here's what's so interesting. Well, one, you said that you knew a little about a lot. So it's that saying, right? A jack of all trades, yes. master of none. Yes. I feel like that a lot. In fact, I reference that all the time. Um, you were a communications major. Tell me how important communications has been in your career, both as an employee and as a leader leading teams. It is one of the most important things uh, across the board in everything that I've done personally and professionally. And it's one of the, the most important things I tell people coming into the business world is you have to be a good communicator. Mm -hmm. um, it, and I had the basis of it with, uh, with my major overall, but I think not until I got into the business world did I really understand what that meant mm -hmm. and the importance of setting clear direction, uh, ensuring that clear, what I was communicating was clear to the recipient mm -hmm. of that mm -hmm. um, communication uh, and verbal and written communication. Mm -hmm. I was watching a video this morning when people were walking into the office. They were all wondering what I was wa watching. It was a video by Brian Tracy and it was about how listening is the most important part of communicating. Yes. And which is so, you know, it just doesn't seem right, right? Communicating, you feel like you should be talking. Right. And listening was, would you agree with the importance yes. of listening? Yes. Listening is so key and it's so hard uh, to, and I have people who have provided different tips mm -hmm. um, to being a better listener overall. But I think the more you can listen, the better you will be with really understanding what's expected, uh, showing other people that you are, that you care about what they're saying 
and uh, and really gathering your thoughts before you jump to speak? I think it's really hard to, to do it, as you said, especially now with our devices and our iPhones. And then you have, you know, each year that goes by, a younger generation enters the workforce and they've not known life without an iPhone. And so listening for them when they're talking to mom and dad or their friends, it's doing it with their head down. Right. Right. True. And working on something. And then they get into the workforce. And for some people, that's a big turnoff. And that can be offensive is not the right word, but it's like, gosh, they're not even paying attention and listening to. With communications being so important in people's career, how do you coach people to give to to work on better listening skills? How do you communicate to them and set them aside to have them work on that? We've had a lot of discussions because we do hire a lot of younger people that mm -hmm. are, as they're coming into the work world now, um, don't have the same priorities that we may have had because they have other distractions. And one of the biggest things we like to share is to be present. Be present in everything that you're doing. If, if it's going to lunch and meeting with your friends, be present with that. Um, and at work, be present because it's, it is not unusual to have... Uh, staff consistently on their phones um, or on uh, other forms of, of communication in the office. And if they are constantly focused on that, they're not going to get ahead with what they're doing yeah. at work. Yeah. I have a quote here that, that you stated when you were interviewed by a news outlet and you talked about hiring and you talked about what's really important for people and developing people. And I'd love for you to share your thoughts on this sure. quote. I'm going to read it here. It says, my number one goal has always been to place people in positions that will not only improve their lives financially, but will improve their long-term careers. I want to make a real impact. Yes. Yes. I remember. I do remember saying that. And it's still, it's the foundation of what I love to do from a work and professional perspective is uh, hire people into roles or promote or, or move people into roles that are going to excel. And, and it's tough sometimes when someone wants a role and you know it's not the right role for them uh, longer term. Um, or and it's not going to produce the results that they think it may uh, overall. And so I have always made it a, a primary goal to make sure that we assess candidates and, and staff coming in to encourage them to go into roles that are really going to have a big impact for them mm -hmm. and that they'll be successful in long term. And it's something that I was taught um, early in my career also that if you aren't if you don't have the right skills and capabilities for a role, uh, it's someone is doing you a favor by not putting you in that role just to fail. Now, you certainly want people to stretch and to grow and to, and failure is a good thing as long as you're growing, uh, but you have to have the basic skills and capabilities. I love that. Failure is a good thing. That's something to listen to on a loop. As long as you are True. growing, we're so afraid of failure. We don't try, we hold ourselves back, we overthink instead of just trying to take a leap, yes. you know? And, and what we do, I often say, you know, and I got this from a lady that I used to work with and she would say, we're not doing brain surgery, you know? We're trying to help people's careers and we're trying to develop relationships with clients. Yes. And so don't be afraid, they put their pants on just like we put our <laughs> pants on. And, and that's really true. And you really have to take that to heart, you know, because 
uh, it's you know calling on companies to try to earn their business. There's a lot of failure and fear in that, but that can be good as long as you have the right intentions. Exactly, completely agree. And we have the same discussions around our executive table where we get stressed or really a lot of tension about a, a certain problem or an issue that we're working with, and we we really we have a, an ice cube that we throw on the table and we say, guys, we're really just freezing water here. Let's not make it more complicated like than it that. needs to be. And, uh, and because if you break things down into simple pieces, uh, each individual piece is not complicated or tough. It's, sometimes it can feel overwhelming when you put everything together, but by breaking things down and making sure that you, you take the risk where you know you can take the risk. Mm -hmm. um, and as, if you're doing that, then we're constantly growing we just things. We just hired two new people. and uh, Or we hired a few new people in our office from the growth recently. And, and I, I specifically told two of them, keep your job simple. There's no reason to overcomplicate it. You're naturally, humans do a great job yes. of overcomplicating things. And right now, it's your second week. It's so simple just try to learn to connect with people. That's yes. all we want you to do is find out how to connect with them. That's great you gave them that advice because I think so often new people coming in want to impress mm. and want to be the overachiever to go above and beyond to show that they're doing, you know, they're doing more. So to give them that uh, acceptance that they can just take their time, I think yeah. it's great advice. You have a couple of things when we were chatting yesterday that you wrote, and I was just furiously writing down some stuff because you've talked about hiring new hires and what to do with the younger generation yes. and what you look for. And, and you said you really look for a willingness to try new things because yes. that's the only way you're going to find out what you really like. Right. And that's what you did when you were at Dr. Pepper. You had 20 plus positions in 22 years there. Right. You tried new things. And I'm sure through that, there were some things you did that probably weren't the greatest job for you, but you did it. You needed to find out. And then there were other things you did that you found out, I'm tailor made for this, which probably set you up for the job you have now at Ready Ice. It did. It did. It allowed me to learn, like I said, a lot of different things, some of which I loved and some that I, I didn't like as much, but I loved the learning part of it. And it allowed me to be able to manage those things, although I, I didn't want to be into the details of each. As I grew in my role, I knew how to manage those functions mm -hmm. because I knew what they were all about. Mm -hmm. uh, so that was, that was really interesting. But one, one thing that comes to mind when you say that from a learning perspective is, uh, when I was doing so many different things and going to different departments and then became a leader over a few of the few of the departments, um, I felt like I still needed to be able to be hands-on and do things in each of those teams. And, uh, and I, I consistently would get into the weeds. I knew everything that everybody was doing and I was, I was controlling it all. And I thought that was the right thing to do. And as I got uh, further along, I could feel myself that there, you know, I could only work so many. I was already working 19 hours a day and not, you know, I wasn't being as productive as I could have been. And that was a really big learning for me because I finally realized that you can't, as you, as you grow in leadership, you can't control and be in everybody's, uh, everybody's business and, and know the details of everything. Uh, that's going on in your teams, but you have the understanding and the trust 
and your people to to know where you need to get involved. And that was a big that was a big leadership lesson for me to to really understand that and yeah. live it. Yeah, that's huge. That's that's a golden nugget. I'm going to take away. We we talk about it in our firm. You do all the time, and you know. It's that battle of you were a small company and you were growing and you used to be able to do everything. Yes. You used to make all the decisions. And that's that can be stifling too. You're stifling growth exactly. within your own firm because everybody's lining up to get the cue from you whether or not they should or shouldn't do something. Exactly. And so we've we've talked a lot about moving to giving our team a strategy and the tools to make the decisions on their own. And if you know the old adage of if you get hit by a bus, the company still can operate and it doesn't miss a beat. They miss you, hopefully. Right. Right. But the company doesn't miss a beat with their customers. And I think that is that's huge. That's a little golden nugget I'm going to walk away with and make sure that we are trying to put things in place where we aren't suffocating our own people. Exactly. I love that. I agree. And helping people to grow and develop in their roles and trusting them. Mm-hmm. And if we are practicing what we preach with failure is okay and take a risk, then it's encouraging that, which is sometimes hard to let go of Absolutely. that, but it's the right thing to do. Absolutely. You also talked about volunteering for jobs. Yes. You want to see people who just step up and, and whether it's known does anybody volunteer for this or they just come and knock on your door and say hey i want in on this i i I love both i love the people that come forward and say hey i heard that you all have this big project coming up and i'd like to get involved with that because i want to learn or grow in that or i also love um, being able to go out and tap someone on the shoulder and say i think you'd be really good at this and seeing how they respond uh, to me, one of the most important things with, uh, with a team and having an ideal uh, group of people that work on your team is being hungry and having someone that is hungry to learn more and grow more. And it doesn't change regardless of what level you are. I work for a CEO that is so hungry I can't keep her fed. I, I am constantly, she wants to learn more and grow more and consistently um, see where we can take it to the next level. Um, so I don't, a lot of people think it stops when you're in a leadership role, but I think l- continuing to grow and develop defines the leader that we are. Yeah. Uh, so, so if we have new people, young in their career, who are interviewing for job and they're looking to blaze a career path, um, what, what do you look for that's not on their resume? Because hunger's not on their resume. I know. It, is a, it is to a degree that you can see maybe their career progression up mm-hmm. to date. Maybe they have five years of experience and they've been promoted once or something. Mm-hmm. So when you're interfacing with someone in an interview, what is not on the resume that says, I'm hungry? It, it, to me, it's, uh, it's how they respond in their uh, desire to learn and grow and, and examples that they may give of things that they want to do and additional areas they are doing to develop themselves. Uh, I also look if someone is humble and authentic. Um, I, it's, it's hard when someone is highly arrogant and knows everything to coach them and develop them. So, it's, so I tend to look for people that are confident uh, but are humble and authentic and what, what they are. And then uh, someone that's smart. And I don't mean that by having a 4.0 or going to an Ivy League school. Someone that has the emotional intelligence to mm-hmm. know how to operate and know how uh, how to act uh, in different settings 
and uh, and know you know where they where they should move in mm -hmm. and insert themselves in different projects or initiatives and where it may not make sense. They know enough about their what they are doing and how they operate. I also really look for someone that has a dedication and passion for what they're doing. I want to work for people that love to work. Mm -hmm. And and I, I am a bit unusual. I, I am a workaholic and I'm a, a self, I, I admit it. Um, I balance my family and my career well, um, I believe, um, but I, I love my work. And I, yeah. and I get a lot of uh, excitement and fulfillment um, by the projects and it's it's I love the companies I've worked for and I'm grateful for the opportunity to work for such great companies but I, I want to similar to, to something you mentioned at the beginning I want to make a difference and uh, and I strive to do that and I want people beside me that want to do that if they don't have a passion for what they're doing um, and it's not their priority to be there and to, to work. And I'm not saying that work comes above family and God and anything else. Yeah. It doesn't. But I want people that have that same passion to work and make a difference. Yeah, It's hard to read sometimes uh, in interviews. And I've made a lot of mistakes. Uh, and I've made a lot of great, great calls yeah. also. Um, but I, I think I've gotten better about being able to read it in people and how, they, how authentic they are how they operate, what what they express in terms of their experiences. Yeah, overall. yeah. I would say that I'd fit in that camp. My wife would definitely say that I fit in the really? camp of uh, probably being a little bit of a workaholic. Um, and I mean that in a very positive way. I, I, it's yeah. been in a productive way. She, she doesn't mean it in a positive way. <laughs> I think it is a positive way and, and it's hard to balance because I'm one of those people that you can get really sucked in yes, and the rest of the world just melts away. And I'm so attuned to what I need to accomplish that nothing else is happening in my world. And then it's like, oh my gosh, we got to oh, get out of here. We got to go tough. Yes. do something with the kids or something like that. But I think um, you hit on a, a couple of little things that are really important. You hit on hunger and work ethic and an eagerness to learn. And I'm sure these are all things that you learn as your career progressed because it, you know, a lot of people think that I'm here and I'm going to be here and it's a straight line. Yes. And it's really one of these really squiggly lines that go all over the place. And so I'm sure you faced a challenge in your career where you had to you had to figure out at a fork in the road what direction you were gonna go. I did, I did, and and it was unique because I made the decision to explore a lot of different opportunities, and it was a conscious decision. Um, I I became broad in a lot of things, like we talked about, mm -hmm. versus deep in mm -hmm. in a few areas. I didn't have a CPA. I wasn't totally focused on accounting or finance or even HR. But I knew a little bit about all of these areas. Uh, and there was an opportunity that came about uh, about, tw about 20 years ago or so. Gosh, that seems a long time ago. Maybe a little longer. <laughs> whisper, we'll whisper <laughs> that. It was 20 years. And, um, and it, was, um, it was actually at, uh, at the time, it was Cadbury Schweppes, and it was running our shared service division, um, which was overseeing all of the transactional processing for finance, accounting, HR, legal, all of the transactional services. Um, I did not have a lot of that experience at all, but I did have the general management experience and I had, I had worked in many of the departments in lower level roles. 
And uh, so when this job came open, uh, I went to see uh, my, my boss, who was also my mentor, um, and, I, and I said, I really am interested in this role. And he sort of gave me an eye, and he's like, what are you up to? Why do you, you, know, why do you think you're qualified for that role? And I explained it to him, um, and he, he supported me going to interview for the role. Uh, and and I, I did. I was certainly not the best candidate in terms of the experience the, the skills of each of those functions, mm -hmm. but I was able to sell, maybe it was the communication, mm -hmm. I was able to sell myself uh, to the leadership within that was managing this area of the business um, that because I had the general experience and I had learned enough through the years to not go so deep, I was the right leader mm -hmm. for that overall organization. Mm -hmm. um, yep. So that was that was an exciting time and it was a big obviously it was there was a lot more behind the scenes yeah. related to it in, in terms of going for it but I felt great about it I was I was honored to be able to lead that group and it grew a lot in it yeah yeah I think that's great you mentioned a couple of things in that one of them was communication you you drew that out a couple of seconds ago like maybe it was the communication yes it was also the communication on your end speaking up to your boss yes you know and not being afraid to take that risk right the fear of failure because you could have easily whether he said yes go or not you could have easily felt like oh my gosh if he says no that's failure he doesn't think I'm worthy but you were willing to take that risk and that's huge to just step up and use your communication skills to ask for it and be willing to and that ties right. in exactly what we've been talking about here today the other thing and and I think you'll all understand this is for the last few people that we've interviewed, all of them business leaders in DFW, and they've all had mentors. And if you wanna be a business leader, it seems like everybody is saying, hey, you should look to have some mentor, whether it's a stated mentor, whether you've asked someone to be your mentor, or you just look upon that person Absolutely. as a mentor. Yes, right? and, and that, have a few. I, you might have you might have certain people. I, I certainly have over the years where I had certain people that I would reach out to for different types of issues because I knew that their their skill sets lent towards one area or the other. Mm -hmm. But I, I treasure the mentors I have had and wouldn't be where I am without their support. Would you, for business leaders listening to this? would you tell them they should seek out mentees or or yes. how does that relationship happen I, I think it's both i think uh if you're in a company that assigns mentees that's that's always a great program too if you have someone that understands the the strengths and the mm -hmm. the uh leaders within their group uh but if if it's not a situation like that i would seek out a mentor if there's someone that you admire and respect and know that they have a background that may lend themselves to some of the challenges you have. Um, and I think, I think all of us have a duty to give back to people within the business world and reach out to people. And even if, even if they say, no, I'm not interested right now, mm -hmm. if you have an interest in them, reach out to them and, and offer your support. Angie, one of the things I feel from you right now is that you love people. I do. You're, you're, you're gonna challenge them but from the quote we read and just the energy that you have today, it's, it's wanting to help people and help them develop and, and maybe see something in themselves that they don't even see. Yes, yes, completely agree. I think the more we push ourselves uh, to do more and to grow, uh, the better we're going to be personally and professionally. I think I'm better 
professionally because of what I have in my personal life and mm -hmm. vice versa. So um, I want to continue to push myself and push those around me. I love that. It's I not always it. easy though. Sometimes people don't want to be pushed. Yeah. Uh, so you have to make sure that, uh, that you have the right uh, approach with people. Yeah. So I'm gonna, as we wrap up, I've got a couple of last couple of questions here for you. Um, as a business leader, you, you talked about having an appetite for learning. Yes. How do you continue to educate yourself? Is it is it books? Is it is it podcasts? What we're doing here today? Like, what do you do? I it, it's books, it's podcast, um, it's also seeking out other leaders uh, that I work with and and networking, uh, which was hard during the COVID COVID yeah. time to some degree, but yeah. glad that that started to come back in. Uh, reading is probably probably the easiest way to do mm -hmm. it overall, but just continuing to to look for new avenues to. Mm -hmm learn yeah that's great last question um, is for our listeners so again they're blazing their career they're either coming out of school or they're changing a career path which you have seen in your your life in your career it's okay to try different things yes. you know a communications and advertising person right and here you are today and you never thought this would be where you are what advice, what one or two things would you recommend for people beginning their career to be mindful of as they shape it? Don't be afraid to try new things. Go If there's something that interests you, go for it. Because when I first started getting into the business world, I had never heard of most of these departments. I didn't know what in the world, you know, I didn't even really know all of the different teams that are behind the scenes there. Uh, what is a safety and risk team? We never talked about that in school mm -hmm. or, uh, you know, there's a whole team that just does training. So as you start to get in, I really encourage people to uh, do your research, learn about all of the different functions, either within a company or just in general industries, and go out there and try things. The other thing that I think is, is so important is have a passion for what you do. Once you find something that you like, don't be afraid to pursue it. Uh, and you might have a few setbacks, but that's mm -hmm. only helping you get better and grow. Yeah. So have a passion for what you do and, and really go for it. Such sage advice, Angie. You have been fantastic. Thank you so much for blessing us with your presence today. You. This has been great. I, you can tell you have a passion for people and you can tell you just have this genuine desire to continue learning. Thank you. And that energizes me. So I really appreciate you. Thank you. Coming I've here learned today. a lot being here. So thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And for our listeners, you heard it. It's hard work. It's an eagerness to learn. It's not being afraid to fail. And we're all going to fail at some point in time. And it's how, bounce, how high you can bounce back if you do. So for those of us here at Unity Talks Podcast, until next time. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.